Welcome to the Fit People Problems podcast with your host, Rowan Edmonds. Fit People Problems will feature a guest each week to discuss the ups and downs of women's fitness. Rowan and her guests will cover topics from the potential harms of a fitness journey to turning a passion into a career. Tune in every Monday at 1. And now, here's your host, Rowan Edmonds. Welcome to episode 11 of the Fit People Problems podcast. We only have one more episode after this. That is crazy. But for today, I am here with Dr. Melissa Tingle, and we are going to talk about what fitness looked like when she was younger versus now. So how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. Can you just tell me a little bit about your fitness journey? Sure. Um, So my fitness journey uh, is not very unique. I was a very active young child, and I was integrated into gym life very early on by first my dad and then my neighbor. Um, I worked out all through high school and through college until I had my first child, and then fitness kind of took a back seat, as it mm-hmm. often does for moms who were working and, you know, doing yeah. the stay-at-home thing and everything. And so, because uh, back in 2003, when I had my first child, they didn't have as robust of opportunities to work out from home as they do now mm-hmm. with social media and things. You yeah. know, you practically had to purchase either a DVD set or even in some cases VHS for those who were too <laughs> broke to have a DVD player. So, yeah, I'm sure. you know, streaming and YouTube weren't at the forefront. Um, mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that technology now um, in having a workout, a sense of a workout life is a lot more accessible mm-hmm. than it was even 20 years ago and far more accessible than when I was growing up. Yeah, no. What, so what did that, since you mentioned the VHS tape stuff, what was that like when you were in your <laughs> 20s, I guess, compared to now where it's like, it's all over social media. I feel like everyone knows what the gym is like now. It's lifting weights, it's cardio, yeah, various different things. Yeah. What did it look like in the 90s, I guess? That's a really interesting. Um, so I wasn't in my 20s in the 90s. It was definitely the early 2000s. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Um, so I was born in 83. And mm-hmm. that was mainly the VHS tape culture, like your Jane Fonda's and your mm-hmm. aerobic exercises with the spandex and the unitards and the sweatbands and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I mean, that was kind of like the heyday. And it was sexy, right? Like it oh, was yeah. this new culture for women because women were now kind of becoming, um, they were growing into their own as a powerhouse, both in the workplace also in the home life Mm -hmm. um, as meaningful contributors to society. Mm -hmm. And so there was kind of this booming culture of, um, you know, fashion and uh, booming culture of of exercise as well that was kind of spearheaded by Jane Fonda. And then Mm -hmm. moving into the 90s when I was growing up, um, you know, running was a huge thing. Jogging was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. We have the advent of the Walkman, right? So Mm -hmm. these Walkman, which all of a sudden you could, you didn't have to have a big, huge, heavy boom box anymore and carry it (laughs) around, you know, to the different places you wanted to exercise. Running became more accessible for you to enjoy Mm -hmm. music on your journey. And then we had the CD disc man as we went on through the nineties and stuff. So, um, you know, fashion became kind of, uh, uh, again, carried through into the nineties and surrounded the exercise life. So with running, we had like the wind suits and (laughs) You know, they're running shorts and stuff. And there was a huge push by a lot of companies, you know, to have their own fit brands. You Mm -hmm. kind of see the rise of fit brands as their own brands. I mean, now we have things like Fabletics and we have all these sporting goods stores and stuff that their main purpose is to get people active in their lives, whether it's through equipment or clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you start to see that kind of arise in the 90s as well. Yeah. So what was your personal favorite thing to do? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, gosh. Okay, so I'm going to tell on myself here. Um, <laughs> when I had my first child, it was 2003. We did have a DVD player. Um, we were very fortunate in that in that aspect of it. And I stayed at home all day long, all day long strong because we were just piss poor broke. Yeah. And um, the four walls closed in. And there was this infomercial. I was up late night um, nursing my daughter. And there was a P90X commercial. I don't know if you guys remember P90X, but it's this mm-hmm. guy that started this whole like beach body um, fitness wave or whatever. And you ordered the DVD set. And my favorite part, there was this, <laughs> there was this, this DVD set called Kimpo. And basically mm-hmm. it was like kickboxing, which also Ooh. was a huge phenomenon. Now we had these group classes where women would go and do kickboxing. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a huge like self-defense culture that kind of um, came about in the late 90s, early 2000s and stuff with mm-hmm. the recognition of like women's plight and self-protection and they don't need a man anymore kind of that whole independent woman yeah. so fitness kind of coincided with it in mm-hmm. it with it right mm-hmm. so you have the fit life means that you can you know be in good shape you can fit well in your clothes but you can also defend yourself against any attackers and this is what it might look like and this is how we can incorporate it into your daily fitness life kind of situation mm-hmm. there was also a huge push um in the late 90s and early 2000s into Pilates and the Pilates mm. videos from home. Mm-hmm. And those were for the women who wanted to have more elegantly shaped bodies, right? So yes. like different fitness packages did different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the accessibility to the science behind it wasn't quite there yet until the advent of social media. Um, you did have subscriptions to different fitness magazines and stuff, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as prolific until, you know, social media came on the scene. Um, the internet really took off and boomed and we had um, things like like even now, what I do for my fitness routines, you know, I am a member of a gym. I don't go as often as I should. I have 50 Same. pounds that I need to do. And we all know that scientifically lifting heavy is the key to having a healthy life, right? Mm-hmm. Not just for resistance training to prevent osteoporosis, but also the more muscle you have, the more muscle burns fat. Yeah. So you don't have to do an hour and a half of cardio on a bike to a video every single day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, so, so the science behind the madness has become a lot more accessible for women. And also this idea of, um, social media and fitspiration, you know, women going Mm -hmm. on their journeys Mm -hmm. from weight loss. I mean, we're talking morbidly obese women who don't have the money or the wherewithal to get bariatric surgery or lap band Mm -hmm. surgery or whatever. And they're documenting their journey and they're kind of cultivating a following. So it's almost like a cult following sense in that if you are fat and you want to get fit, then people will follow you. And I mean, there's always a dark side to to social media and stuff with fitness, but that didn't exist in the 80s and the 90s in mm-hmm. the early 2000s, you didn't have that kind of community yeah. um, to be able to support you on your fitness journey. Now, you know, it is also true that there are some psychological downsides from it as well. It's no longer fitness for fitness's sake. It's fitness for attention or fitness yeah. to help stroke your social, um, you know, your social presence or your self-esteem or mm-hmm. your sense of belonging within an entire group. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, especially when you mentioned the whole Pilates thing. My mom is much older than you. She's pushing 60, but she's definitely, like, when she was younger, super into Pilates. Even now, our next-door neighbor, she has Pilates classes, and she'll now go all the time. And my mom just, like, kills it. I'm like, how do you do that? That's insane. But, so, you mentioned sort of, like, the bodies, well, not necessarily the body standards, but how social media is affecting, you know, I know that you are active on social media, so do you, I personally can get really in my head when I see people my age on social media with fitness 
for the good or for the bad. Do you find yourself experiencing that at all? I do. So the biggest thing for me are moms who have just these absolute beach ready bodies who say that they've had cesarean sections. I had C-sections with both, mm-hmm. all of my children. So my mom. And so um, it's incredibly difficult for someone who gained a lot of weight during pregnancy, who had a C-section to get that weight back off. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more challenging, more so than just a natural birth for a couple of reasons. One, they're slicing up your, your stomach muscles, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some separation there. Um, But also, usually those qualify as traumatic births. And psychologically, you know, having a traumatic birthing experience where you have this really, really long period of recovery typically derails your ideas of fitness. And so I see women on there who went through the same traumatic birthing experiences Mm -hmm. that I did, who look way better than I do, (laughs) who are even older than I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're running around after their children. I'm going, well, if they could do it, why can't I do it? So Mm -hmm. I get into this kind of shameful cycle of like, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, but also they're incredibly wealthy. They're very, very independently wealthy. Um, They typically, um, if they do have a job, like they're, I don't know, it's just, for me, I I feel like there's a trade-off. If I want to be successful in my home life and in my career life, then I have to give up fitness because there's Mm -hmm. not enough hours in the day. And I constantly fight that cyclical battle of shame as a woman. I resonate with that a lot, even though like I obviously don't have kids, but I do resonate with that a lot, especially being a second semester senior, going through the final weeks of Capstone and all my classes. It's like, go, go, go. I'm down to the wire and I haven't been in the gym in like two months and I see a lot of my other friends that are able to get in, get their jobs done, do everything. And I'm like, how? Like there's quite literally not enough time in the day for me to get in and get into the gym. And I also fall into that cycle of just shame and I have to remind myself like the gym will always be there. I will be okay. I'm never going to get this time in my school and my school and my work back. So I just need to really focus on that. So I totally understand that. I get super in my head. Yeah. And now I'm getting to the age where now that I'm not in the gym and I haven't been in the gym consistently, probably in over the last two and a half or three years, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see the deleterious effects of it. Like when you stop going to the gym after having gone for a lifetime, you have kind of this grace period mm-hmm. where you can hop back into it and kind of regain some of the, the things that you earned. But the longer the period of time goes, the more detrimental health effects you start to see. Like I see cellulite in places that I never had it before and I know it's not contributed <laughs> to age, right? It's because mm-hmm. I stopped lifting heavy legs on a, on a weekly basis, yeah. right? So if I get back in the gym and do legs twice a week and I do it, hit it for six months, then I know I can get it back. But now my, my getting it back period is longer than it used to be. Yeah. I've, I've can understand that too a little bit. Again, I, for the past couple of years have been pretty consistent. And then I haven't gone in about two months and I'm like, I'm losing all my definition and I'm getting like super sad about it. But I'm like, again, have to just remind myself that it's okay. You know, I'm young. I can get back in there. It's not the end of the world. But, you know, you also mentioned just like having children. And like you said, you were nursing your daughter and looking at all of these, like uh, the, what did you call it? The P90X. The P90X. (laughs) So what did it look like getting back into having that relationship with, fitness post children because that's something I've always been super super interested in yeah um so in between my first and my second child um my fitness just went out the door completely Mm -hmm. 
And then when I got out of the house, I guess when my daughter was 18 months old and started and start and went back to school to pursue my bachelor's degree, that's when it's kind of like you're always told the more you have on the plate, the more you learn to prioritize and manage your time. And so think you, you kind of align your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the same thing like now that I was back in school, I was out of the house, I wasn't there all day long, all hours of the day with a child. Mm-hmm. I could start putting myself first. First, I started with my education, and then fitness followed. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a little bit different. After my second child, it was a lot easier to lose weight. One, because I'd already been through a C-section. This was a planned C-section, so it wasn't quite a tra- as traumatic of a mm-hmm. birth. And I knew what to expect with recovery. And I was able to take advantage of the nursing period to lose a lot of the baby weight. Plus, I didn't gain as much weight the second time mm-hmm. around. I was a little more intentional with my food choices and stuff. Things that you don't know with your first child, yeah. right? So, because remember, I was 19 when I had my first child. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of things that I didn't know at that point in time. And then afterwards, I was able to, I guess, prioritize more at home. Plus, you're running around with more than just one child. Mm -hmm. So that does kind of keep you busy. That is true. People, you hear people say, (laughs) oh, I have a toddler running around at home and I'm chasing them. I don't have time to sit on my butt. This is very, very true. The more (laughs) children you add to the equation, the more active you're bound to become. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, shortly thereafter, I got divorced and the divorce diet hit. And I thought to myself, well, just for me, I want to get back into it. And Mm -hmm. that was when I was at my peak Mm -hmm. um, physique. I was 25. I had, I was going to the gym every single day. I was lifting heavy. I saw the most results. I was Mm -hmm. in the best shape of my life. I mean, it was, you know, it was like bikini competition, fitness kind of stuff, you know, just really, that was the most pleased I ever was Mm -hmm. with my physique, particularly because I knew that I would never fully get rid of the C-section area without having to go for drastic plastic surgery, basically. Um, So I made the best of what I could. It was the best, it was the best time. It was the best time I was in the Mm -hmm. best health. Um, And I would love to reclaim that, but it also took me Like I had to, I was able to drop the kids off at preschool. Mm -hmm. I immediately went to the gym, went home, shower changed and went about my day, whether it was teaching or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, taking school online or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of fell into a natural pattern. It took me a couple of months for my life to run its own. Right. So Mm -hmm. like the, the routine life is the good life, right? If you have to think about it, then it's not going to work for you. So you Mm -hmm. have to, you have to like be intentional about it in the beginning for probably a couple of months. You know, mm-hmm. at least a month, if not, you know, two months. And then once it becomes routine, it just runs itself. Like all of a sudden you find your car driving to the gym mm-hmm. and you didn't <laughs> intend for it to go there. All of a sudden you start negotiating with yourself. Okay, if I do 30 minutes of cardio followed by this, or if I flip it and lift first and then just, you know, burn out the rest of my glycogen on cardio, mm-hmm. then I know I'm going to get to go out and drink tonight because I don't have kids tonight, right? Kind exactly, of situation. yeah. So then you find these little negotiations that probably aren't the most healthy mindset to have, but They're whatever. Healthy for your soul. Yeah, yeah. healthy for your soul, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing was balance, just learning balance. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of women who subscribe to things like keto or South Beach diet or whole, you know, 30 or whatever Mm -hmm. as like the fix all for everything. And the truth is, is that I'll always want to drink. Yeah. I'll always want to eat sugar at some point in time. I can give up sugar. Sugar is not a big, like, mm-hmm. high stakes thing. But let me tell you something. Salt is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, salt is huge and alcohol is huge for yeah. me. And <clears throat> giving up both of those things, I just, I don't know. Like, for some reason, 
not to sound like an alcoholic, but like, <laughs> I just don't, I just straight up don't want to. Yeah. Right. No, like I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm at the time of my life. If I want to go and have a beer with dinner, then damn it, I should be able to go and have a beer with dinner exactly, and not feel guilty and guilt myself on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then now I have to figure out the fitness part. It's now I'm working from home. I'm coming into school one day a week. Mm-hmm. I still have, you know, the house responsibilities. I have dogs, I have children. They have obligations to go to, you know, sporting events, music mm-hmm. events, all that stuff. Where am I going to find it? Of course, my husband says, okay, you just got to get up earlier. And I'm sitting here going, okay, but I don't go to bed until everything around the house is done, Mm -hmm. which is typically 11 o'clock. And Mm -hmm. you're telling me I got to get up at 430, go drive 10 or 15 minutes to a gym, drive all the way back. So that's 30 minutes of my life that I'll never get back in driving Mm -hmm. and come back and or I can just sleep in an extra hour and be in a better mindset for Mm -hmm. the rest of the day. So it's always a trade-off, right? So I always find myself negotiating out of going to the gym. And it's not because I don't know the good results of it. It's not because I don't want to. It's not because I know I won't feel better afterwards. It's like there are other things in my life that that take priority over it. And I've just got to find a way to get back to Mm -hmm. making it a priority again. And the longer you go without it, the harder it is. Yeah. And that's where I'm at too, where I you know, was having days like that because I don't have classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. At the beginning of the semester, I was like, oh, I'll have all the time in the world. No. You know, I started working a bunch, which I don't work at that place anymore. It was a restaurant. I was working a lot, doing a lot of schoolwork, and I was also having that crisis of balance and priorities, and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I can go to the gym if I get up at six o'clock in the morning, and then my alarm would go off at six, and I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't even stand right now. I'm going back to bed. I'll go for a 45-minute walk later. And that's been my biggest thing is I've been walking. I've gotten super into running because Anya, one of my other guests here, you know Anya, she got me really into running. She's actually training for a half marathon right now. So she has been very inspiring and helpful for me. But, yeah, it's all about just finding the priorities and what is most important to you. And that that can apply to any age in life, you know. That's exactly right. I am... You know, I want to be able to say that we can leave this this show and I'm like, okay, I have a renewed sense of self. I'm going to now <laughs> prioritize the gym. But the chances are I'm probably not. And the truth is, if you really <clears throat> want to know, you can never outrun a bad diet. Mm-hmm. So I have decided to focus more on my health, my eating. You know, yes, alcohol is always going to be there, but I drink once a week. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I have. I'm good all week long. And I see it because I, I, I get so much bloat from drinking mm-hmm. that it's such an insane. And honestly, drinking isn't what it was previously, right? Yeah. Um, but I love wine and I love a martini every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I like pairing it with certain foods. And that's what I get excited about. So the thought of having to eliminate that, it isn't because I'm tra- chasing trying to get drunk or anything. <laughs> I love pairings. Yeah. I love being able to like make my flavors explode in my mouth because mm-hmm. I had a certain type of vodka that goes only with this certain type of curry and you know those are the things that get me excited and Mm -hmm. I don't want to give those up but now I limit it to once a week the rest of the week I'm generally pretty good Mm -hmm. you know watching overall calories because the truth is you know it's really about calorie consumption we can count macros we can say oh I'm going to eliminate sugar and I'm going to eliminate that but I mean if you look at the guy who was 27 who ate nothing but sugar and Twinkies for six months but he limited himself to a 1400 calorie diet and he lost weight still. I mean, mm. you really, truly do know that it's it's caloric intake versus caloric output. Yeah, and that's my biggest thing is I love food. I, growing up, had a pretty bad relationship with food. With I had overeating problems and I had binge eating tendencies. I wouldn't say that I was a binge eater, but I definitely had those tendencies in the past. And, like, I still, if I'm not, like, actively thinking about what I'm eating, 
I'll get like two full plates of food and just eat it all in one sitting. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? I feel <laughs> sick. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. I, you know, I'm 22. I used to drink a lot when I was last year, I guess, but I'm not a big drinker now. Like maybe once a month. I think I haven't drank in like three or four months to be completely honest, but I get what you mean about like, you know, pairings and stuff. I don't drink to get drunk anymore, which I know sounds crazy for a 22 year old in college, Yeah. but it's just not what I prefer, but I love food. And that's, I know for me, getting that relationship back with the gym and with my body, I just need to really prioritize my health with food and my relationship with what I'm eating. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <coughs> and the truth is, is that there's also a lot of bro science out there, mm-hmm. you know, that, that impact the way that we view ourselves and the next thing that we try. But, um, you know, lifting heavy, lifting consistently, incorporating cardio, right? Because you don't want your heart muscle to get too big for your body mm-hmm. and start creating problems and just making healthy choices. It doesn't mean you have to eat a salad at every single meal. It just means eat a salad like a couple of times a week, you yeah. know, instead Greens of going and getting a giant, you know, scoop of mashed potatoes instead and just making these tinier decisions mm-hmm. that cumulatively end up with a positive effect yeah um, and that's kind of what I've realized so thanks for kicking my ass and making me go back into the gym <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to go tomorrow <laughs> I know that's been my thing is like hmm, I'm doing an entire podcast on the gym and I haven't been in like two months <laughs> <laughs> doing well um but anyway what advice do you have for women who are in your position you have you know, had a relationship in the past, might be struggling with it now, have kids or anything like that. Yeah. So just baby steps, start small. You don't have to go buy a gym membership and just hit it right from the beginning. Go for walks, you know, take your dog for a walk, get out there, being outside. There's something about the earth's magnetism that if you just do a 20 minute walk, it just kind of resets your body Yeah. and you start to recognize the different mental health effects that you can have. Cause really it's about your health. Mm -hmm. It's not about how good you look or how Mm -hmm. good you don't look. It's not about fitting into the size six, you know, jeans that you haven't fit into 15 years. (laughs) You know, it's it's not about those things. It's about your health. Mm -hmm. Right. And you need to kind of switch up and re and rethink the way that you've been viewing yourself and your body so you know am I happy with what I look like right now no because I know I can do better Mm -hmm. Um, and I look at other women my age and I'm like yeah I could definitely do better and that's the other thing you get caught in that whirlwind of comparisons Mm -hmm. and and things like that which is never healthy but it's human yeah and you just have to accept it and be like you know what if I want to look like that then I'm gonna have to put in the work am I ready to put the work in yet if the answer is no okay then don't beat yourself up about it right exactly so again about balance and trade-offs. Mm-hmm. I agree. My, my biggest thing is even when I was at my peak healthiest, I still didn't look the way that I necessarily thought I was going to, but I was like, you know what? I'm happy because I'm the healthiest I've ever been and that's all that matters. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. And <coughs> like my mama always said, if you can't tone it, tan it. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that to heart. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much to my guests for tuning into this week's episode of the Fit People Problems podcast. Make sure to check out my weekly blog that corresponds with each podcast episode posted every Tuesday at 2. However, this week's blog is coming out Thursday at 4. What my guests and I talk about each week here, I will give my own thoughts and opinions on there. You can find it on my website, which is linked in the bio of my Instagram at fitpeopleproblems underscore. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week, Monday at 1. I am your host, Rowan Edmonds, and this has been the Fit People Problems Podcast.